Okay, so today's New Testament reading comes from Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So that is Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11. The Triumphal Entry. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They put the donkey and the colt and put, on, and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. So now I'm going to hand over to Terry, who's going to take our sermon for this morning. Great. Thank you, Tundi. Really appreciate you reading that. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's really good to be with you on this Palm Sunday. I've got my palm here, my palm branch. So it's fascinating, isn't it, um, when we think about all that's going on, how we're being um, ingenious with house party and Zoom. So the, our church is now beginning to meet using the Zoom software. And uh, some of those of Tundis and younger age are using something called house party. And house party is where you can hang out and friends can literally gate crash. There is no way of stopping them come in. Um, so if you don't like gate crashes, uh, don't have Zoom. I wonder how many of you are following Joe Wicks at nine o'clock uh, during the week for your exercises. Um, I know that um, uh, Betty uh, Ball was uh, mentioned for her birthday this week, which is lovely. I had a go at an online workout uh, earlier this week, and I like doing hit and uh, cardio. What I didn't read in the title was grit cardio. So I was a bit of a blob at the end of 30 minutes and I didn't know what hit me. And in this reading that Tunde brought to us from Matthew 21, um, it is a, a great celebration as people are gathering for Passover week. And we have this extraordinary scene of the Lord Jesus um, who'd walked all the way from Galilee, the last two miles, he approaches the great city of Jerusalem through the East Gate. And uh, he could have walked, but there was a, a very prophetic um, for, uh, role in this from the Mount of Olives. Um, he would come through the suburb of Bethpage into Jerusalem. And there was a great gathering of Jewish people. Um, some statisticians have worked out the number of uh, lambs that will have been consumed by people. And the estimates are 
there are about two and a half million people gathering in Greater Jerusalem around this Passover week. And if ever there was a meaningful moment for this celebratory week when the Hebrews remembered the deliverance uh, from the angel of death uh, in Exodus, we have our Lord Jesus who rides on a colt, on a donkey. And if you like, this was the Oscars night. Um, he wasn't like the Roman emperors in a gold crusted carriage with jewels and emeralds and diamonds. He is a king with a difference. And we are entering Passion Week, Holy Week. This is a very special week for us as Christians as we remember what Jesus has accomplished for us. This is like the summit um, as we walk through this week and look to Good Friday and the awful crucifixion. And we wait in patience and in fear on Holy Saturday and then look to Easter Sunday. And we know that Jesus, first of all, claimed to be a king. The Jews were living in occupied territory with a Roman state oppressing them. And they hungered for a Messiah, someone who would deliver them. And we in our globe, our world, senses that. We hunger for deliverance from COVID-19. The Jewish people felt that by the oppressors of state. And so Jesus mounts a donkey and uh, he rides into the cattle, into the streets of the royal city. They treat him like a king. They lay palm leaves as though a red carpet as he ascends to the palace. And here is a king who's a spiritual king. And he rides to the temple to teach in the temple as he has not done before. And notice the words of Matthew that he is son of David, the great king of Israel who liberated, who brought great victories and autonomy to Israel during that time. But we've got a king with a difference. And this is extraordinary in contemporary society. We have a king, as we remember back to Christmas. Where was he born? Was he born in the Savoy Hotel? He was born on straw in a manger. Here's a king who calls disciples who are fishermen, ordinary people, the outsiders, if you like, the little people, the king who was soon to wear a crown of thorns and yet was more royal than royalty of all the world put together. We're in a defining moment in human history. We have not seen a global pandemic like COVID-19 since 1918-1919. It was called H1N1 and it was referred to as the Spanish flu that wiped out at that time, just after the First World War, one third of humanity. These are seminal moments that asks us, which king do we serve? Is it the king of ego, of self, of independency? Will that kingdom of self satisfy, provide for us in this life and the next? Is it the kingdom of happiness, 
of self-centeredness, of material progression. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asks the Apostle Peter a question when he came to Caesarea Philippi. Who do the people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? And this is a really important question, a question of reassurance for each one of us. Is Jesus our king? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ. That's the promised Messiah. You are the son of the living God. C.S. Lewis remarked, you can't say Jesus was good. He was either what he claims to be the son of the living God or he was mad or bad. What do you say about Jesus? Secondly, what is Jesus's royal kingdom? By whose authority does he have this kingdom? In other words, what is his government? And Christ's kingdom is a very strange one. It's a very different one. In fact, it's a beautiful one. It's one that we've never, ever seen before. It's different, unique and strange because it's a kingdom of followers, disciples and learners. It doesn't matter what your heritage is, whether you're a lord or lady, whether you're a pauper or homeless. We all sit and kneel at his feet in his honour. And hearing his words, obeying his commands, receiving of his grace, this is true dignity that we're called children of the living God. He shares his magnificence and calls us his own. So whether you're the poorest man that loves Christ or the humblest woman who is willing to accept her, him as her teacher, we become ennobled by following the Lord Jesus Christ. He shares his riches, his righteousness with us. What a blessing on this Palm Sunday. And so it's a kingdom makes fishermen nobles. It makes peasants princes. And while they remain fishermen and peasants, the kingdom of which we speak is a kingdom of the highest degree. It's a kingdom where laws were given on tablets of stone. We are people of the book, uh, the Bible. But Jeremiah prophesied that God realized he couldn't change us from the outside in, that we have to change the inside out. Don't know about you, but struggling with um, self-distancing is a very strange experience. Uh, not being able to shake someone's hand and standing two meters apart as though they've got body odor. Um, it's a very unnatural thing. And Jesus shows us that actually it's a law of the heart. He changes us from the inside out. And Christianity was described as a way of life. And it is a way of life for Dundi, for Cole, for myself. And that's what the Christians were first called 
in Acts of the Apostles. They were followers of the way. It's a relationship with God that we're in here, friends. And so during this time of difference, of isolation, this is a time for us to cultivate our time with God. Find for quiet place to read scripture, to let it marinate through our lives, to empty the frenetic emotions and rediscover the love, the unspeakable love of Jesus for you, for our neighbours, for our world. And so this government of Jesus is ruled by love, divine love. So let your hearts not fear, hope of a saviour and breathe his peace. Thirdly and finally, the crowds cry, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. There were thousands and thousands of pilgrims lining the streets as Jesus entered on this donkey and they applauded. And it's wonderful on Thursday night in the United Kingdom. We see across these islands, people coming out of their houses, applauding, praising all of those in the emergency and health services. Uh, for the doctors, nurses, auxiliary workers, for the porters, for the dustbin workers, for the delivery drivers, for the factory workers making food, for the logistics, for the engineers, the manufacturers, for the medical scientists, for civil servants and for our leaders. In a similar way, on Palm Sunday, there was this great applause for Jesus as he entered into the center of Jerusalem. Hosanna! means, Lord, save us. We've faced many losses of our freedoms, our freedom of movement, our freedom to worship, and we're missing you in church, and we're longing to be together again at Colchester Baptist Church. And you're in our hearts, and you need to know that we're sending our love and our prayers to each of you. But we're also seeing losses of lives taken from us. And Hosanna is a cry to use in our prayers today. As we humbly cry out, Hosanna, son of David, Lord, save us from this wretched virus. We're in a storm with a pandemic that steals and takes away. We weep with those who weep. We stand with those who continue to serve with bravery. And what we learn through this Holy Week, this passion of Jesus, is his passion results in the resurrection to eternal life, that he conquers death and sin. That's why they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. One of the other phrases that Jesus used quite frequently was, it came to pass. It came to pass. We will survive and we will thrive. Yes, it will change our society, but the life giver, the Christ who took sin and evil and death. We need to be reminded today that we are children of the living God. We are loved wholly. He knows all about us. 
So cry out to God this week. Bring him your burdens. Bring him your hosannas. Ask him for strength where there are tense relationships or there are difficulties and uncertainties for children or grandparents. Bring hope where there is uncertainty with work. Queen Elizabeth II will be saying to us later about resolve. And we know that her generation was an incredible generation of duty, but also laughter. Let's not forget to laugh together. Tunde's reminded us of Habakkuk about vision. Vision is really important. When you're in the darkness, vision is everything and the light penetrates the darkness. One of my um, the philosophers that I love, uh, and he wrote a book, he's a survivor, was a survivor of the Holocaust in the Second World War, um, a psychiatrist called Viktor Frankl. And he lived through the Second World War. And he noticed about the difference between survivors and those who didn't. We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man or woman, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Friends, Jesus calls us to choose our attitude to be generous, to be kind, to be loving, to be hopeful. Amen.